Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 144 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 21st over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at a broken vanguard. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How has the week treated you so far? I am trying to kill people in Iron Banner, and it's not going well at the moment, but I am doing well otherwise. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and rounding out the usual team, we have the man who is known far and wide as the Destiny lore content cop, the one and only Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Everybody is wrong except me. <laughs> We're such a peppy group. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm shooting things in Tangled Shore right now because it's the first time all week I I've think been able to. The best clip so far from Beard tonight has been look, you, you don't need to snipe me. You're not involved in this event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm over here in Tangled Shore shooting up things in a heroic event, and all of a sudden I start getting plinked by this fallen from like the back. <laughs> back catwalk and i'm just like dude get out of here you're like your your spawn zone is over there my spawn zone of enemies that i'm worried about is right here go away anyway that's been my night i hope yours has been good too well last week we asked the community i think who oh green help me here who would be the best hunter replacement who do you think should be the best hunter or the next Van Hunter Vanguard. I got a a comment on it from Beard himself about is it would or should? <laughs> is because phrasing matters. Yes, especially in this case. Yes. So it was who do you think should be the next Hunter Vanguard? And we had a lot a lot of people have some very big opinions on this. Um, I put f only four options because Twitter is has limitations. And, you know, it's it's what it is. So the four options I put were Shiro 4, 
Ephrodite, Marcus Wren, or to have kind of a control group, no one. And what ended up happening after 400 and some odd votes, people wanted uh, Shiro, which I kind of saw coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, people want Shiro. I get it. I kind of, I kind of wish not because I don't think Shiro's that fleshed out of a character yet. I mean, it'd be nice to get him fleshed out, but I don't know. What ended up happening is 55% of people wanted Shiro, 15% wanted Ephrodite, 13% thought Marcus Wren, and 17%, which was kind of the surpriser for me, wanted um, no one. They hmm. didn't, they thought that. And I can't remember who was commenting on this, and I'm sorry because I don't have it pulled up right away. Um, he basically said, since we don't have a new speaker, why should we have a new hunter vanguard? Ooh, that is That's dangerous. A, as heck. Yeah, but it's a good point. I mean, kind of. In yeah. some ways. <clears throat> I mean, we're really not sure about the hunter vanguard to begin with. We. They're they're based around the dare, of course, but we, mm-hmm. we still don't necessarily understand the stipulations of said dare entirely, which I'm still kind of surprised with. Uh, right. But we also see some stipulations between, I think it's uh, Caliban 8 and uh, Tallulah Fairwind and some of the newer uh, lore entries as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We see how that kind of goes down and how there were, how there was a change of hands that way as well. Uh, and I don't know if it officialized that Caliban was uh, was made as a, a hunter vanguard, but that is just something to to show off as another point. Like the the hunter vanguard is uh, seemingly a more dangerous position than some of the others are for some reason. There's a lot of depth that surrounds it. Well, that and, I mean, they are kind of responsible. It kind of seems like the the hunters are responsible for the bounties. So they they track like they're the ones that tend to seem to track the the uh, what's the kind way of saying the assassination targets of the the city. So they tend to probably attract some wrath as well. That is true. That is true indeed. So with that being said, the chat right now is making the point that like if you played a hunter, I can see Cade would have tried to put the bet on the player. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing the thing is, is with the dare from and this kind of goes back to what Beard was just kind of saying is like, we don't really know the conditions of the dare. Uh, if we go off of the dare between Andal and Kate, which actually we got a little bit of clarity with that, um, with the new information, the uh, the dare between them was basically who could survive a battle with Tanix, which, you know, kind of sets the stage for the whole situation for uh what was that the shadow thief strike yeah uh, and that kind of explains Cade's um hate like hate I, yeah hatred towards tanix uh you also see that in uh the no not truth to power the uh most loyal uh entries where Varix tries to talk to Cade in the in the bar in the tangled shore he mentions tanix and Cade nearly mm-hmm. like Cade nearly takes him out like he, he Tanix is a very sore subject with Cade because of the Vanguard Dare, not just because he lost, but because in losing he lost a friend as well. So I mean the Dare the Dare does definitely seems to be something of a very 
dangerous stipulation as well. And Kate's not one to like go off the handle very quickly. No, so to have that happen yeah. is uh, pretty. It should should give some stress to how much Andal meant to him. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why a lot of people also went with Shiro because of how much Shiro uh, and Cade seem to have gotten along over the course of time. Uh, we still don't know exactly everything behind them, of course, uh, but there are a lot of uh, connections between the two of them. Uh, so much so that, of course, uh, Shiro is uh, is Cade's, uh, or I should say it this way because it's a little easier. Cade is Shiro's mentor. Right. Uh, so at least in terms of that, that would actually put us in same or equal terms as how it was with Andal to Cade. So we we'll just kind of follow from student downward, basically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and then there is also the argument there that that's where the dare comes in, too, because yeah. there was no there was no um, compulsion. There is no compulsion for Shiro to step into the vanguard position. Like right. that's that's the entire point of the dare is that's the only way the vanguard can basically rope the hunters into it because they're such they're such uh wild spirits and you know wanderers they have they have very strong wanderlust and yep. so for them to and I think Cade I think Cade actually mentions that in his uh in the entries that we'll probably talk about a little bit here once the show really starts. But uh, he, he mentions that, you know, a hunter is only as good as their word. And if mm-hmm. nothing else, if nothing else, that's what you hold to. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're, if you're a hunter, you hold to your word. And that's where the dare kind of, kind of, it's the loophole that the Vanguard uses to kind of keep them on a leash a bit. Yeah. So, um, but obviously, I know we have uh, some some pretty powerful thoughts on that one. So let's run through our standard intro real quick, and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the new information about the Awoken. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on charts, which help others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content that covers a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the Drifter's Gambit lore booklet. Note that we will not have a poll this weekend as we are going to set aside next week's discussion for a summarization of the extra lore content for September, Cyberpunk 2077. I actually stole the summary from Green this week, so forgive me if I don't do the normal justice. 
Modern psychological views on the concept of dealing with loss began to be fully explored in 1969 with the publication of On Death and Dying by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. It was here that we see the formal introduction of the five stages of loss. The first, denial and isolation. The second, anger. Third, bargaining. Fourth, depression. And fifth, acceptance. Today, we see a much more diverse view of this process, with the underlying theme remaining which views each individual as having unique needs in regards to both the manner and duration of the grieving process. The important thing to keep in mind when discussing grief or mourning is that this is a process, not a state of mind. Every individual will process the loss in their own way and at their own pace. Generally, it is seen that there are four major tasks which are used as benchmarks to assist and or determine the state of the individual who is experiencing grief. Task one is accepting the reality of the loss. Task two is working through the pain of grief. Task three is adjusting to the environment in which the deceased is missing. And task four is emotionally relocating the deceased and moving on with their life. In the same way that one will experience the Kubler-Ross stages in a non-linear fashion, we will often see the undergoing of these tasks being completed in a rather unique fashion. Further in the discussion here, it is important to note that the grief of soldiers does not, nor arguably can, follow the what is referred to as the traditional prescription for grief and mourning. This was detailed in depth with D. Grossman's 2009 publication on killing the psychological cost of learning to kill in war and society, in which he argues that the grief of a soldier is significantly different when it involves killing human beings. While this process is similar to that of Cupola Ross, there is a greater magnitude and intensity for the soldier. In this situation, Grossman makes the point that the goal of grief resolution is that of reaching a point at which the individual is, quote, neither depressed nor angry about their fate, end quote. Note that the universe of destiny is a fictional creation. The opinions stated within this episode on the nature of the responses of characters within this universe to the death of a loved one is uniquely specific to these unrealistic contexts. The reactions of the characters and our analysis of those reactions need to be noted as existing outside of the scope of any realistic paradigm. Before we jump into the information and thoughts the community had about the Vanguard, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. All right, so uh, real quick, this Lost Lore is going to be a pretty quick one. Uh, it's just really a um, a distinction, I guess, between the terms. I know this is kind of shifting into more of a semantics piece more than Lost Lore uh, these last couple times. But this one is really, I just kind of want to draw a distinction between grief and mourning. Those terms are often used interchangeably, and they're actually from a, uh, I guess, an academic standpoint. Uh, not. They're not synonymous. Uh, grief is usually, um, <clears throat> excuse me, grief is usually identified as the internal experience of loss, and mourning is the external expression of grief. Uh, what this basically translates into in thanatological studies is that everyone will experience grief, however, not everyone mourns. And so that is a really important distinction to remember uh, in reality, as well as, you know, in our discussion here, when we're talking about, you know, the different reactions of the different members of the Vanguard, 
everyone has different, obviously unique reactions to trauma. And if you are, you know, in the camp where you think that Cade's death is not a traumatic event, especially for the two remaining members of the Vanguard, I'm sorry to say, but that's that's not the not the case. Uh, it's it's very traumatic. It's a, that's a huge trauma to them, almost probably as much as the the events of Destiny 2's vanilla campaign where they lost their light. Um, and so the, that it's it's just an important thing to remember that you know, especially with regards to the difference in the way that they express their grief. Zavala is very stoic. Ikora is not very stoic. Um, the external expression is what we're going to be probably primarily talking about. I think that's just an important distinction. And I, and I'm the only reason I'm kind of really hammering home this, this idea that, you know, we are analyzing fictional characters is because this is actually, this is actually a really touchy topic. Um, and I recognize that especially because this is actually a topic that I spent a number of years researching, um, in my, in my own life. As far as my degree, uh, I have a degree in thanatological studies, so it's it's something that I am actually pretty cognizant of, um, and I've seen both really really healthy uh, healthy practices, and I've also explored really unhealthy practices, um, and I think I will close this off with saying, you know, obviously. If there is a situation in which someone is needing to talk, you know, again, we've said this before on the show, but please reach out to us uh, and please don't take anything that we're saying here as a judgment on anything realistic because this game, it's a game. It is a video game. Um, and so that's where I'm going to kind of just leave that. I don't know, Green Beard, if you guys wanted to weigh in on that or if we wanted to jump into just the the analysis i guess well per usual i always do have my uh my discord does have a help and rant right that's uh, right channel that's, right. that's built into it uh so if you guys ever do need to just go into a place that uh can kind of allow for a for a channel like that just feel free drop in it's completely open to everybody uh no matter what the topic might be let us know if you're comfortable about talking with it if not and you just want to say I'm not okay. I need I need just somebody to talk with right now. We get it. Uh, we are all at different levels when it comes to accepting like where we're at in our lives, and that could be any number of things, realistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you guys ever need to just come vent, whatever, I will try to listen if I can. If I'm free, uh, and if I am not free, then I've got plenty of other people that are willing to step up and talk with you about it too. So. We are we are always I, I think that is one thing that I've always liked about the Destiny community in general. We've always been very open about working with each other, talking to each other, uh, and not really wanting to to hide that uh, very much at all. Uh, and in addition, there are uh, other groups that do a fantastic job of it as well, like the uh, Saint Fourteen Project. Mm-hmm. Right, that's uh, who Saint I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah. Saint Fourteen are a fantastic group of guys. Uh, guys and gals, and they do some fantastic work for uh, mental health. Because I know one of the things that they had mentioned from last year with Guardian Con is that they want to try to get a uh, a booth together uh, to make it so that if you're a little overwhelmed or something, you can drop in, say hi, uh, and just have like a kind of a safe spot to to settle down for a little while. Uh, but definitely a a good group of people that also understand how mental faculty works in and terms of knowledgeable. Either 
Yes. Like I did an episode with these guys and they are quite intelligent. Like they have a doctor on there yeah. or a guy who practices and it's, it's interesting to hear him go through different topics and what they do is they don't necessarily diagnose anybody or anything like that. Like that is not within their purview. They just mm. talk about different um, types of mental health struggles that people tend to have and offer up um, some suggestions for how to live with whatever thing that you're living with or how to seek out help, more importantly. They provide so many different um, different projects and community groups that work on those different topics. Like the one episode that I was on, we went over... Um, it's not bipolar disorder, but they went over um, uh, personality disorder. If I remember, yeah, it was personality disorder, and it was really interesting. And we talked about it from a video game standpoint first, but that um, was very mild in comparison to the main bulk of the topic mm-hmm. of how to find help and how to recognize signs of it and how it's defined. Not necessarily how you. Um, diagnose anybody with it because that is such a fluctuating pendulum Mm -hmm. half the time Mm -hmm. but how you can be more aware of these things so yeah i mean i mean and the only reason we're kind of kind of hammering that bit home is because again like i said this is for me i am i am super um sensitive i guess about this topic uh, and I and we'll probably get into that a little bit because I, I my personal reaction to stress is very different from the average individuals uh, or well not average but like the the norm or considered norm um, and so I kind of actually am more in the camp of I really agree with Zavala and his response to it while I know a lot of more the more outspoken individuals uh, have kind of sided with Ikora's response and you know all that. Which is to be expected for that type of personality, um, but like there's there's just a lot of nuanced differences, um, and so I don't want if we come across as harsh or critiquing anything, I don't want that to be translated into our view on a real context because it's not. If that makes sense, um, but that yeah. So I, I'll 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 sh- I'll uh, shelve that entire statement for the time being because I know everyone's here for a video game analysis, not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily a, a preaching. But um, so okay, let's jump let's jump into it. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, we have really we're going to be focusing on Zavala and Ikora. Uh, but I do think that it is worth noting that you know these are not the only. The only major individuals in the tower, even that have reactions to it, uh, this this uh, past week on Twitter, I kind of was posting um, quotes from a lot of different individuals within the tower, uh, and it and it's talking, you know, just really about how how they respond to stress and how they respond to you know carrying on really, mm-hmm. and so I guess my. Who, which one do we want to start with? Do we want to start with uh, Zavala? Do we want to start with Ikora? Do you well, guys have a preference? Let's start with Ikora because I think that Zavala is in some ways 
I want to hear your take on Zavala since you can you can relate to what he's or not relate mm-hmm. but empathize with how he's feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. I am very I'm still very upset with Zavala even after reading the cards mm-hmm. and seeing what he's going through. I'm still really upset with him because that's not how I would have reacted. There's only one thing that really irks me about Zavala right now and that's uh more as a side note, but it's him being so willing to put the forces of the uh, of the vanguard right towards the reef, like as quickly as he did. Uh, that is my biggest gripe that I think I have right well, now when it comes down to him. Didn't he want to bring the reef like him? There's a card with him and Petra where he wanted to bring the people of the reef to the city and Petra refused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Zavala didn't want to commit too much to the reef. In... Yeah, except for the entirety of the vanguard. I mean, yeah. yeah. We're, what, what do you mean? I, we're I, I, I must have missed that part. So yeah, I. I'll I guess. Admit, well, I'll let's just talk here. about Zavala because I mean, we're already there. <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to. It's a very touchy subject at this point because I know a ton of people who are real mad at Zavala for the way he's acting. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll be. I'll be quite transparent i was really pissed at zavala with the way that he reacted in warmind f- actually for the exact reason that i'm actually really okay with his reaction in this expansion because it didn't go along with his like the personality that they've presented him mm-hmm. um it was very his his reaction in warmind was very out of character for how they have presented him in the grimoire and in the in the game um yeah and it, it was really, it was really kind of confusing, really more than anything, which is where my frustration with him for that expansion kind of stemmed from. Whereas, like his reaction here, so you know, again, looking at Zavala, just looking at our initial introduction to Zavala, we kind of get it a sense that this is going to be his reaction to stress. Um, if you look at his the Grimoire card from Destiny One with Zavala, it's got a he he mentions a a poet from Edo, Japan, uh, Bato or Basho. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basho. Um, if you, if you delve into the, the poetry of this individual, you'll find that he actually deal. He's a very, um, he's, he's an individual that went through a lot of trauma in his own time. Uh, some of it was self-inflicted. He, he was one of the, uh, really big proponents of living a poverty or a, uh, a simplistic lifestyle he was uh, a he was a renowned traveler he traveled quite a bit and he made a point of kind of you know not really having a area that he had roots involved in um and and so you know part of it is like you know it's not necessarily it, it wasn't like he had a bad hand dealt to him he chose a lot of this but the other thing that he did was he he really pushed for transcendence of emotions um, in the sense that you you recognize that emotions are there and you recognize, you know, that you have them as responses, but you don't let them dictate what you do. And there are things such as honor and duty that will will always take precedent. Um. I guess, yeah, in a way, Not, the Vulcan, I, I guess if you look yeah, at a really oversimplified I, Vulcanism, yeah, kind well, of. Well, I would it's, say Spock, and more specifically, because Spock has the emotions because of his human half. 
versus the Vulcan race who tends to not embrace those at all. Yeah, it's it's fairly close to that. Uh, even then, it's yeah. They, I guess it depends on how much you want to get into the debate on what Vulcans actually uh, are. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say because that tends to be a very loaded question to begin with. Right. Uh, the the entire the entirety of that conversation though definitely does get kind of uh, it gets broad. But I guess if you do want to simplify it, yeah, the the idea of casting out emotion is the the idea of it. But Zavala is doing it for such different reasons, right? Where Vulcans are doing it for the sake of quote unquote bettering themselves or what they believe is bettering themselves, uh, only because emotion drives them uh, to a higher point of. Uh, more emotion than what most human beings even can be, as I know Spock's father has put it a couple times. Uh, I would probably say that they do it for the sake of making sure that their people don't go the way of the Romulan too much. Right. Because that's, of course, the the counter-argument that you can make, is that the Romulans get so... They, they get so bent I'm out of shape. about Star Trek <laughs> like, as much as I am. Um, yeah, they get... They're, they're very touchy about everything so quickly. Uh, compared to what you'll find, of course, with a good majority of uh, of Vulcans, and there are still some Vulcans that feel that like emotion is the uh, the proper way. If we want to take, uh, you know, Final Frontier as a is Final Frontier? No, uh, uh, I can't remember it now. Yeah, but Star Trek uh, Five, but mm-hmm. uh, oh, um, Spock's brother uh, Savick, I think it is. Uh, is is a large proponent of uh of how emotions actually can help the betterment of the Vulcan people. Uh and he starts to look around for like Shakari and all that, which is what they basically call uh the Vulcans call uh the Garden of Eden, which is where everything ends up uh culminating from in the universe. Uh but this entirety is shunned by the Vulcans because it uh it starts to be a problem for them, if you will. Uh, it starts to be a uh, an emotional trip that they have to be very mindful of. Uh, but yeah, long story short, before I really do carry on this this whole thing, Zavala's doing it for the ideas of being a tactician uh, and being the betterment of it, being a leader, which I can understand the more that I'm there. But initially, from an emotional response, uh, he obviously doesn't have one because he's trying to take the better side of everything because as much as we've also said about uh basho the other piece of it would also be sun tzu sun tzu, yep. sun tzu is uh he's he's quoted sun tzu and a couple other uh major tacticians from ancient history uh but sun tzu is his largest one that he quotes mm-hmm. and sun tzu's overall ideas are just think ahead of of what your opponent is going to do uh, and and like some of Sun Tzu's like famous things are more like think about the land that you're on, think about how your position is versus your enemy. Uh, never be below your uh, your enemy and never run uphill towards them. Stuff like that. Uh, and these are the the kind of wear down tactics that uh, Sun Tzu is all about. Well, Zavala embraces those very well, and he understands that he, as he says. The, we are not conquerors. We are not an army. We are not something that can uh, stand up to to effectively what is a force uh, like is ne- what is now being presented to us. So 
again, before I keep carrying this on, I'll I'll stop here. But it's important to kind of note the differences between how Zavala's uh, tactician ways are versus something like Ikora's iconoclastic ways. And I was uh, I about still to say that too. Yeah, yeah. Like I can see both of them. Uh, I don't agree with Zavala's take because that's not personally where I am. And as much as I am somebody that will still uh, understand both sides, I know that eventually I have to choose a side. Uh, and Zavala's is the side that I personally cannot agree with or the side that I would be on. But I do so understanding, as Zavala also puts it in The Forsaken, uh, at the end of it all, that there is going to be consequences that we are going to have to face by the end of it as well. Uh, there are there are ups and downs that we have to take with the uh, the the points that we decide to attack or or garner as uh, our individual selves may be or as a group may be. Uh, and Zavala is really just looking out for humanity as a whole. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think I rambled on enough about that. It's uh, it's just important to know the differences between them. Yeah, and I think that's really, um, you know, I, I think that ramble, as you call it, is actually really along the lines of what I was going to say, too. You see that histor- historically, Zavala's character is exactly that, a really kind of, a really um, even keel. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I see chat chat right now is talking about how he, he's he's walling off his emotions and he's, you know, he's trying to lock he's, out the, he's trying to lock out but- the universe, but he's not. I, mean, I would if, say he's the exact opposite. He is he he struggles with it just as much as Ikora yeah, does. Which is why the yep. quote the quote on the Vanguard card, if you notice, it says undated battle notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he says Basho had it right. We struggle after. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there is a way there's a way that they can twist that to see that that is notes that he has made after the Forsaken events. Like because we don't yeah, know right. when these Grimoire cards. Now, I mean. Was there that much forethought? You know, we can argue that all we want. But the the nice thing about that is Basho actually has poems or haikus, really, um, about the struggle of mortality and, like, how you handle that and what is what is going on within those within those conflicting points. Um, Z in chat right now is, you know, quoting Sun Tzu as well. And the thing is, is, like, and I hear you, Beard, I, I do. I would argue, though, and I think I think you kind of said this, but I just wanted to revisit it. It's not that Zavala is not choosing a side. Zavala is choosing a side. Well, he's, he's choosing just, his side. He's cho- I'm, I understand right, right. that I but need I mean, to choose a side by the end of it as well. Right, uh, and what I'm yeah, saying he, is that, but I'm what I'm saying is I've seen a, a number of people being like, well, Zavala just doesn't want to get involved. No, Zavala yeah. is involved. Yep. He's just choosing to protect his own people. He's and this is where you kind of get that sense of like, you know, his like what you were saying with the quote of like, we're not an army, we're not conquerors. No, you're guardians. Guardians guard. They protect. They don't they don't hunt down and kill. I mean, and there's there's also a, there's a very thin line that they've danced on that because, you know, kind of and I think we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the intro credits and even a bit before the show started, you know, the hunter dare. You know, there's there's a there's a reason that the hunters kind of, you know, ignoring the the trivial and the almost frivolous kind of, oh, well, hunters don't like being stuck in one place at a time. No, the problem is also that the hunter vanguard is in charge of the bounty board. 
you know, they're they're the ones who hand out the assassination orders for the protection of the city. They are the ones that put priorities on targets and say this this individual needs to be taken off the taken off the board. And so there's also a degree of danger because if those individuals who have been assigned to be taken off decide that they kind of want to push back, well, the individual they push back against is going to be the one who put the hit on them. And so there's also that. So it's not that Zavala is a po- and I mean, geez, the 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 I guess it's a meme now, the quote from Zavala about uh Cerberus Vey. I mean, Zavala is not no he he's not shy about calling for the the beheading of a snake. But there's a there is a a tactical difference in what we see in Forsaken in that we are not we are not leading a surgical strike. We are actually leading a, a you know, an arguably leading an army into a place to to police it, to domesticate it, to pacify it, you know, whatever word you want to use there, but that is not a strike. That is actually a campaign against that area. And the same is also now true of like the Dreaming City and how much right, is right. offered there. But and that's that's where I was saying earlier why I'm a little conflicted and confused with how Zavala uh, was so willing to offer up the uh, the Vanguard's resources to Petra the way that he was. I know that we've been tenuous at best when it comes down to the the reef and how we can. Uh, how we can kind of see them as friends, but that that really just kind of burned me when I uh, when I read that. I was like, "Are you talking about when uh, the paladin uh, Rior was like, yes, come help us?" Yeah. And then Zavala's like, "God gave her a nod." Yeah, I guess they said what <sighs> yeah. he did to the to the uh, to like everybody out there. I was like, "All right, if anything was like a backdrop to how all of this would be, like even even Kamala is sitting there." Like looking at Zavala, like this is completely out of character for you, uh, right. and it just feels like it's entirely out of character. Uh, mm-hmm. But that that instance was the final nail in the coffin for me to say, I don't know what is going on with Zavala. I am confused about Zavala. Uh, the position that he seems to be taking up seems to be one that is uh, contentious to his own whims and nothing else. And that is a really big problem when it comes down to how they're either telling the story of him or what they're attempting to do with him. Now, I'm anxious to see how it unravels all the same, but that point right there really kind of, it makes me question what the entirety of his uh, reasoning for not going after Cade would have been almost entirely. You know, it, I, mm-hmm. it contradicts those those actions. You know, I kind of, I see blues point more on this aspect of it like i'm still mad at him oh yeah I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy I with see his decision it. But... i see it but it's a contradictory idea that's that's all like i i want to just make that clear if nothing else uh before i before i let you go green i'm sorry and, um no it's okay it's, it's just... I, it, it just feels like there is something weird about what he is doing there and then in another moment uh anyway you have to think about what the vanguard positions mean to not only the tower and guardians, but also to the city mm-hmm. without at this point, there's no speaker. There's no, there's the cons, not really a consensus anymore either. The only you reason have, there's the only reason there is a consensus is because arguably Zavala. Right. And 
with that being said, we also don't really have much of the factions doing much together besides like the f- initial rebuild after the Red War. So yeah. if Zavala was to be like, yes, let's go ahead and go after them. And Zavala is scared because so this is Zavala showing his own a little bit of mortality, knowing mm-hmm. that, that he is vulnerable with after the Red War. Ikora learned it firsthand a little bit harder, I think, than Zavala ever did, because Zavala never went into... He had the initial Red War fight, and then he jetted. Like, he forced Amanda Holiday to take him to Titan, and it forced everybody out as much as he could, and didn't really have that initial connection to his own mortality, besides because he never mm. went into the fights. It didn't seem like it. Like, he went okay. into the fight... When um, they went after Gaul at the end, I I would argue, and just to interject really briefly, if I can, um, I would I would argue that the reason that we saw him push to return to Titan was because he was infinitely aware of his own mortality, right? right. Like he wanted to find a safe place to regroup and try again, right? He he wasn't ready to t- move directly into it. He wasn't as impulsive. Mm-hmm. As, and even I would say Ikora was not impulsive because she went to mm-hmm. Io, and it yeah. wasn't until she got to Io she realized that the Cabal were already there. And then she got mad, right? And Cade went to go find his own solution, his mm-hmm. own way. But Zavala, Zavala, I think is the only vanguard that seems to really weigh the balance of the city and the normal non-guardians against the the possibility it's the many trump the one Mm -hmm. mentality and i understand it i'm still really really pissed at him for it and i i don't think he's a coward and i know that some people really really hate that but i i really wish that he could have an outlet to show some of that emotion and be angry and do like, I loved Ikora's reaction to the whole thing. Well, and, and to be honest, you know, kind of going back to that outlet of emotions, that's why I really liked in the vanilla where you see him on Titan, where he like, he kind of loses his temper. Yeah. Right. But he's also terrified the whole time. Well, so is every other guardian. I mean, to be fair, you're talking about a group of demigod immortals who just got slapped in the face with mortality for the first time that in you know their entire memory. I'm gonna say more so on like a, a larger scale because you still had ones that felt it, like uh, especially Eris, of course, going down into the the Hellmouth and whatnot. But having it more on a universal scale like that makes a big difference to how right. guardianhood in general is now challenged. And that, and that was really the yeah. other, phys, uh, sorry, that was the other philosophical debate that uh, Zavala was having as well, because, you know, that's where the yeah. question, what makes us guardians? If we right. don't have the, if, you know, I think that was the line, if we don't have the light, are we even like, what is it that may, I mean, that's, that was the whole paradigm shift conversation that we had is like, they have been challenged in a way that you know that they've they've never had to evaluate that it's like you know telling someone who's never had to self-analyze what's going on with them you know hey 
why do you do it this way and not letting them leave until they answer a question like that like people who don't who aren't self-aware they they don't they like that will completely completely rock someone's expectations of reality yeah and and i think that you see that precursor a little bit as well in in the vanilla campaign i mean that's why again you know i keep going back i i honestly of all of the events the war mine piece is the only one that really stands out as not being zavala's character and that yeah. was because in the face of in the face of a uh, Trump traumatic like event which I mean arguably it's not even traumatic but like in the face of this weird stressful event he charged head first where every single time other than that he has he has carefully and tactfully retreated to a point where he could evaluate the situation and then applied you know applied the necessary what he saw as the necessary force to overcome the the uh, the barrier which is exactly right. what he's doing in Forsaken, you know, and I, I'm going back a little bit, Beard, here to your comment about, you know, Pal, uh, Rior and Kamala or Kamala thinking that it's out of character for him. You have to realize also that that's taking place after the events of Forsaken, right? That's that's already we've already established. Mm-hmm. We've already established that Aldrin is dead and the Dreaming City is open because that's what she's calling for. She's calling right. for guardians to come to the Dreaming City. And oh, yeah. so the tact the tact. You know, the tactics in that situation, that context has fundamentally changed. It's no longer about extracting revenge. It's now about helping an ally defend their city. And so from that standpoint, it's a tact, it's a tactically different um, catalyst to yeah. engage in a battle. Whereas mm-hmm. prior, he's saying, no, we are not we are not police for this you know, lawless area. And yeah. then, and, you know, there's, I can see the, the fundamental difference between those two situations. Um, I don't know if that makes sense though. Does that, does that kind of make sense? I, I mostly get it. Uh, I still, I still think that it's kind of weak on Zabala's angle because it's, well, and, and, I'm not going to, right. Yeah. I'm not going to put things out there yet, but now after this, um, now, after the the Guardian went out and did what they did, I'm a little bit more willing to do it. It just feels a little backwards to me. Um, What's I, I can nice see that. I can see that. that. Yeah, we've had so many instances of seeing the humanity in Ikor, seeing the humanity in Cade. Like Cade has been faulted from the beginning. Like he's just a mess. Yeah, but we've never really saw Zavala as his own. A human. Well, He's always and, been this pedestal, and mm-hmm. no, in sorry, some ways, sorry. this gives him that that touch of hum. Like he's still being stoic, but regardless of what we see in game, and the fact that he's really kind of a jerk face in game, the mm-hmm. way he comes across, the cards show he's repentant in some respects. He's lost. He's trying to find his way. He's meditating on the whole thing. Him going to Io kind of cracked me up in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. going out there to see the thing that Ikora went to meditate about, it's, it's a slightly humanizing aspect, even though he's still making these really difficult decisions. And I think that's really important too, to remember that the intro to destiny two really was a clip of Zavala's rise. 
We saw that Zavala. is a terrifying phrase, by the way. What? The rise of Zavala. Well, I mean, I didn't mean it like that, but I mean, I guess you could take it that way. But, you know, I, I mean, like you see the evolution of his character. He you we see him when he was first raised. We see him face at, you know, adversary after adversary, trouble after trouble. And like this, the the just like absolutely unbuild unbending refusal to not give up you know i i think that was the other thing is like you see a bit of the humanity there it's just and i think this kind of goes back to what beard and i are were saying at the very beginning is i think it's just a different way to respond to the events right and i mean i i completely and utterly understand people who don't uh agree with it but I, I do want to call people out and say, you know, not agreeing with Zavala is not to is not to say that he is wrong. It is just that it's right. a different way of dealing with uh, stress and trauma. And mm-hmm. if you think I mean, I'll, I'll also kind of put the challenge out. If you th- I couldn't watch that or I can't watch the events of the Forsaken intro with Zavala and I can't help but see all the emotional turmoil in Zavala. He is not unemotional in that at all. He's just stoic. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not allowing himself to sh- to ex- to mourn publicly. Which mm-hmm. going back to again going back to Sun Tzu, to Basho, all these things is very in line with those teachings. Is you you don't allow you don't allow your troops to see that that aspect, at least not. You know, you don't necessarily sit there and rend your robes over the death of a compatriot because in in an army, you're not allowed to shut down during battle. Right. And and to be fair, and that's where kind of where the summary that I was mentioning, to be fair, that's something that we have to remember about Zavala is whereas Ikora kind of has that history of the iconoclastic individual who who has no kind of no problem running his or her own way. And same with Cade. I think that's where their fire team was so balanced because Zavala was yeah. that stoic pillar who who kind of was like, you know, whether or not you want to say the downer of the group. He was the one that was like, no, this isn't the right thing to do. And he kind of right. was the he was the bridal and the the I guess the blinders a little bit that channeled the passion of Ikora and channeled the energetic, you know, nature of Cade into doing it's, the right thing. You have the extremes of all the, all three personalities. Right. Right. And be, with all three personalities together, you got it balanced. Kind Cade was kind of the swing point to help balance out the stoicism of both Ikora and Zavala, because they can both be incredibly headstrong and stoic. Cade was there to help them remember to laugh and mm-hmm. keep their heads humor. up. Right, and he helped mm-hmm. keep their 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 spirits up. Like they would have fallen real low in a lot of things, or had this quest for re- revenge. Because Ikora, Ikora would be pretty bloodlusty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm gonna say, arguably, she still very much is for sure. Right, uh, she just really fits that bill. I, that's just her way like that's iconoclastic as a as a whole that still fits her mo almost exactly right uh but i was thinking about i've been i've been 
sitting here actually thinking about like why Zavala's tactics and whatnot sound so familiar. Uh, and it's funny that we bring up like the personality between uh, the the Vanguard members and whatnot. And I immediately think back to, and I know this this is this is only going to really fit to a certain subsect probably of our our listeners, but I think about George McCle- uh, McClellan from mm-hmm. the Civil War days. Yep, McClellan's yep. Uh, tactics were very stoic in how he approached everything. He was a very slow-minded individual in terms of how his tactics would field. Uh, he was responsible, unfortunately, for a lot of our uh, backtracking that happened, and it wasn't until uh, Ulysses Grant got in charge of uh, at least the Southern Army of the, of the Potomac that allowed for us to really push through uh, in Southern soil, etc. Uh, and that's real, really where you know, the Yanks were able to, to really pull things around, uh, for better or worse, however you really want to see the Civil War. But that being said, and, and not to bring up in those angles, it's just a it's just a, a fair balancing point to kind of see as like a historical figure or another one how those uh, points kind of venture and, and how they kind of make sense to how destiny follows, because Zavala very much is a George McClellan. He very much is somebody that will he'll he'll make the J hook at Gettysburg, for instance, and he'll sit there and wait out the Confederacy, uh, and hope that it can go ahead and stand up against Pickett's charge and whatnot. Because if Lee was it was nothing else, he was somebody that pushed, and he was mm-hmm. somebody that he was made sure that he could push. Yep, and you had Grant that was very good at counteracting that. So. Those those were the ones that really kind of stood out to me, at least in terms of like who could alter or counter each other. Uh, but McClellan, for some reason, now that I think about it, that I'm I'm always going to think about that for when I think about Zavala and how he acts on the on the field or otherwise. No, I I, I think that's an excellent point too. Um, I, I also really wanted to get your guys' feel on the idea, you know, we keep kind of throwing this out there in regards to Ikora, but like the the descriptor of Ikora has always been the iconoclastic figure, right? Whereas Zavala has um for for lack of a better terminology, Zavala has the spiritual strength. Like he has something that he believes in. He has a dream. He has, you know, the dream of the city, you know, everyone makes fun of him for it, but that's, that's a, that's a, a, yeah, it's a spiritual vision of his and not, not in like the religious connotation, but like in the sense that he has something upon which in times of great stress, he can fall back on. Um, and if you go back to just the again the definition of what it is to be an iconoclastic, it's to destroy your faith. Like it's it's a very self individualistic, self self uh, uh, promotional type thing. Uh, it's very very and not not in a neg- not in the, like an egotistical narcissistic way. It's just the 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 always questioning uh, the the stated you know axioms and stuff like that which makes as a warlock makes perfect sense but the one of the things you know within grief counseling and within you know handling bereavement in general is one of the first things that you always need to find is something to help you continue pushing forward and if you don't have that 
that underlying, you know, vision of something that you are working for that makes your struggles worthwhile, that puts meaning into all the pain and the suffering that you have gone through, it becomes very, very difficult. You know, you're talking about the Civil War. Another war to look at and another point of view to look at is the um, the point of view from Eli Wiesel from World Wars and the concentration camps. Uh, this was a, this was a individual who, you know, Wiesel and, um, oh God, I just blinked on his name and I feel horrible for doing this. Um, man's man's search for meaning. God, why did I just blank on his name? Anyway, um, it's another concentration camp survivor, but they, their point here was that without meaning, an individual can't survive. They won't survive because without meaning, there is no reason to survive. And so, Frankel, yes, way. thank you. Thank you. Gosh, I feel terrible for getting that guy. I mean, amazing, I, amazing yeah. individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have not read A Man's Search for Meeting or the Night Trilogy, I really strongly mm-hmm. recommend reading both of them. It's they're they're just amazing works. Um, but the underlying theme between both of them is, you know, without that drive to have to do something, you won't survive. You, you can't. And it, that goes for, you know, the most tremendous trauma that, that you can think of to just struggling every day without without having an end goal in mind. There's really nothing to to motivate you to go through life. And that's not to say that Ikora's motivation is not there. Obviously, it is there. But Ikora's motivation in this in this instance within, you know, Forsaken, the instance that we're talking about here with Kate's death is a transitory point of revenge like it's not something and and that is surely and that is definitely something that can motivate an individual to survive a, a number of hardships uh, a lot of soldiers will make that you know will attribute attribute to that but what happens is after that revenge has been served what happens there there's no there's there's an emptiness there that that it doesn't fill and whereas where you see with Zavala yes he is much more stoic um you know, he is much more uh, slow to express the grief, but it's not to say, and that's why I started the episode with that that different that distinction. That's not to say that he's not grieving. He just grieves in a different manner. He is doubling down on that dream of the city. He is doubling down on the tactics of, hey, look, he couldn't protect one of his best friends, but he can protect the city. And you know, if you think about it from that standpoint. He has just been harshly reminded that he could not protect one of the people that he most loved. So, yeah, it makes sense that he is doubling down to protect the the other people then in his existence that he has strong feelings for, and that is un, unquestionably that is the city. He is he is beholden to protecting the city, like that is his kind of his in his entire point of existence really at this point it seems. Um. And, you know, in Beard, I think that's also along the lines of where our, our frustrations with his character's presentation in both Warmind and then your your frustration with the Dreaming City situation. I think that's where that frustration kind of comes from, because it, it kind of flies in the face of that, whereas everything else really kind of aligns with that that um, that paradigm of his of we are guardians of the city. We, we seek to guard the city. We don't, we're not police. We're not conquerors. Our job is not to pacify, um, you know, X area. 
so and I, I don't know if you guys have if you guys think that's maybe something going on there uh, or what your thoughts are in regards to the the individual histories that we do see within there. Um, because, you know, in times of stress, people will fall back on what they what they know. Um, mm-hmm. And if you look at Ikora's background, again, iconoclastic, she kind of goes off on her own and does her own thing. Where does Zavala's background? Well, Zavala's background, again, we saw at Destiny, the Destiny 2, you know, trailer. It, like his entire thing was a journey to the city. His entire thing mm-hmm. was helping build the city. His entire thing was guarding the city. I mean, you know, like everything that he is, is the city. Whereas everything that Ikori is arguably is, you know, again, not, not saying this is the right or wrong way, but everything that she is, is much more individualistic, uh, you know, challenging things, you know, all that. So it makes, to me, it makes sense that those two reacted the ways that they did and I know I'm rambling on this, but, you know, like I said at the start, this is something that, you know, I kind of have a little bit of sensitivity and passion about as far as like. It was kind of your thing for it kinda, some reason or kinda, another. Kind of one of my things. Uh, um, yeah. But I, I don't I don't know. I'm going to let I'm going to let, let Green actually weigh in on this one because I know she and I are on opposite sides of the view here. So I'm, I'm just that, curious. That's never happened. Yeah. Okay. That, that never happened. It's I want rare. You to state- it's rare. Can can you state your view in a very concise two sentence way and then I'll foil off of it? I uh, like my view on why Zavala is the way he is or the view on like Just, their reaction. Are you do you think it's more based off of his essentially his experiences and the fact that he is the city he's the city builder he's the the community leader more than anything the soldier i i think that that is a large portion i think that is a large part of his what he defaults to mm-hmm. he defaults into a protective state um i think that is without question one of his core personalities he okay. is a pro- he is a protector uh he is not an aggressor necessarily whereas ikora is an aggressor not necessarily a protector it's it's just two sides of the same coin ikora is an action person right zavala is in some ways but he's more reactionary because mm-hmm. he wants to he wants he doesn't want to be the aggressor in any of the situations and ikora is right you're you're right the um she is the opposite she is the one that goes out and finds she roots out the trouble before it becomes a real problem with, we see that with the hidden. Uh Um, I think with Ikora in some ways, both, both of the remaining Vanguard's reactions are, they're too far on each end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm assuming they did that intentionally to show mm-hmm. off the fact that their balance is gone, that Cade is Cade was the one that balanced out the the scales between the two, even though he didn't even seem like that was going to be the case. Um, but with Z- with Ikora being as hurt as she is with this whole situation and losing her, basically her buddy, it's. 
I don't know. It's interesting to see what's going to happen from now on. Because yeah. now that we've killed Aldrin or not killed Aldrin or both um, Petra and us fired right. at the same time, I don't care who who did what kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that it's happened. Now that that has happened, Ikora doesn't have a focus per se mm-hmm. like she did. And so it'll be interesting to see if she continues down this path or she calms down because we have that figured out or not quote unquote figured out, but taken care of, or will she be still the, the aggressor? Is she going to continually fight towards Riven? Is she going to fight towards Zavathun? Is she going to continually hunger? She going to descend down into wrath. I don't, I don't think she will. Because but she's I mean, still, that's a danger. It is the right? danger of the situation, but I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, to be fair, I don't think she will either. I think she has enough control over herself to not have that. But I, I just kind of thought of something, and I, I, I think it's. I know Green and Beard, you're both going to groan at this statement, but um, I think it's fitting that we also see the introduction of the Drifter here because if there's not ever, if there's never been a more apt situation to reference a double-sided coin, it has been Zavala and Ikora. They are the same coin, but they are two opposite sides. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know... I, I just I do kind of find that interesting that, you know, we have entries talking about the price of a double sided coin and, you know, all this stuff, which I, I don't I don't think, to be fair, that was in reference to this situation. But I do find it kind of interesting that 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 exists. Right. Um, and I think, you know, chat's kind of talking about that, too, as well. You know, it's it's more the reactive versus proactive. They they both really honestly do have the same goal. I really honestly do think that they have at their at their heart the same goal. It's just the path to achieve that goal that I think is the difference. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I know a lot of people are saying that they don't see this working out now that Cade's gone. Um, I, I, I don't know, uh, because for better, you know, well, for, for better, really Zavala and Ikora are actually some of the older guardians in the game and they are, they definitely have their own preferences. They definitely, you know, obviously definitely have their own prior, like initial reactions to situations, but they also are really honestly, really well balanced in and of themselves. Like they do recognize the need for cohesive teamwork. I mean, they, they wouldn't be Vanguard mentors if that wasn't the case. So I, I don't know. I I don't know. I see, I see what you're saying, green. I just, I'm kind of like the opposite of beard. I, I see both sides and I actually am on the side of Zavala. (laughs) Because yeah. it makes it makes more sense to me from a from a a tact, tactical standpoint what he's doing for this particular situation. I'm gonna say not not everything. That's that's the whole part about tactics and military to begin with is to not be drawn into emotion. Yes. Yeah, and for myself as well with taking taekwondo and a couple other uh, martial arts over the years. Uh, 
one of the largest things with any kind of fight is you generally don't want to become overly emotional to begin with. The so Zavala you, is the minute right you lose in... your temper, you lose your edge. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, you ha- there's there's people who argue that you have to have a, a passion, a certain amount of passion to be able to channel that. Well, there is a there is a level of being angry and being able to uh, let me let me actually quote this on a on an X-Men first class level. Uh, Remember when Xavier is talking with uh, with Magneto. Now I forget his name. um, Eric and Eric. Goodness. Goodness. I don't know why I forgot that. It's okay. Uh, You you save me for Frankel. I'll I'll save you for. (laughs) It's not the same. Oh God! I, I was just feel. Say, I one feel. Is, one is oh, so much oh God! Worse. Oh God! That is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're not ever going to mention this again. But yeah, continue. Say, let's uh, let's let's carry on like that never happened. Um. So he's talking with Eric, and he's attempting to bring out his powers the way that uh, the way that he can, and he effectively says the best part. Uh, of your of your powers of your uh, mind and so on is on the edge of uh, passion and serenity I believe it is uh, and in that regard he allows him to realize what moment uh, or moments were very good for him to uh, to think on and remember himself to allow for that passion to be there uh, but it still is something that he is in control of uh but that's the biggest thing is just being in control of that passion that you that you have to temper yourself uh and i know that some do allow for that to go a little bit too far uh but that's the the long and short of it i think that kind of uh sums that up uh with what green i think is kind of saying yeah. uh but it i think fits a little bit a little bit in the same exact way that i'm that i'm kind of thinking of anyway yeah well, and I, and real quick, Green, if if you don't mind, I I no, would counter I would counter the point that, um, it's not that Zavala doesn't have passion. Yeah, it's that Zavala doesn't he doesn't seem to funnel his passion in the same way that Ikora does. And yes. right, for right. Me, but, but for but, me personally, I am more similar to Ikora in the way that I react. Even mm. though I try to be more Zavala, like <laughs> I, sorry, I try. sorry, I don't, I don't. That's not, that's not meaning to. But be, you know sorry. what I mean. I try no, to I be totally, more I calm totally and collected. Do. And in a crisis, I can do that. I can, I can be that calm person that needs to be the rock for the moment. But initially, I'm Ikora, where I'm, I'm yelling, I'm mad, I'm probably cursing. I have to walk away. Mm-hmm. And but, which is okay, but hang with- on, hang on. But right, you have to walk away. Right. But if so, I don't, I'm going to blow up on somebody and it's not a pretty sight. Right. But I mean, but think about that. That's ex- kind of exactly what he's doing. He's taking is, a step back. He wa- he's taking a step back to evaluate the situation. Is he walking away? But the, it's a different kind of stressor, though. Like, no, it, it is. It is. But I mean, and that kind of goes back to what Beard was saying as well. From a tactical standpoint, you you cannot let emotions in. Like you have to recognize that the emotions exist. Sure. And as an individual, I'm sure that he does. He is quite. Yeah. Dino just said this in in uh, chat. And I'm going to Dino. I'm going to quote that because that's really good. 
Zavala is quite emotional, but it's not the same fire as Ikora. Zavala burns inward. Every life loss is his fault. Every loss, every failure, every time he ever thinks that he can relax, something goes wrong. To Zavala, the buck stops at him. It's all his fault. He is internalizing all this. And to compound that, what just happened? His one of his best friends just got gunned down. Right. And, and so and what but but also look at the moment before that. What had just happened there? He had let his guard down. He had let his his guard down with regards to the war mine situation. And it's just that reiteration of he cannot ever relax. He is he is the he is responsible for the city's defenses. Ikora is responsible for like the research and, you know, the aggressive, you know, response to threats and identifying threats before they might become threats. That is part of her job as part of the Vanguard mentor. But I think the other thing with Ikora is the fact that she is. It's it's not the last straw, but it is one of the final straws and the fact that she has been she has had to be very selfless and very externally thinking for all these different events for all the different crises the war everything she's had to think about others first before herself and this with Cade dying with Cade being killed the way he has been it is kind of her last straw where she's just oh, like yeah. no this one is for me i don't care i'm gonna go after him or i need somebody but at the same time She's she just approves us going after him. She doesn't go after him herself. She publicly approves us going after him too. Which I mean, right? A big that's a big difference. That's a big big thing. Like she didn't go after him herself. She realizes that her duty is to the city still, and she is going to help us as best she can with the situation. But she's she is going to be that person who is going to back us up in this situation. And to be fair in that situation, remember that Zavala also supported us. Mm-hmm. He just didn't do it publicly. He, Which, I mean, that's and, and there's, where... there's, that's, that's political. That's a political move. Right. Because again, this kind of goes into like the whole Osiris debate, you know, right. this whole thing of detracting from what is viewed as the paramount importance for the guardians as a general body to be doing and if they and and zavala this is where i also kind of agree more with zavala than ikora and i think we might fall on the the opposite side here but Mm -hmm. ikora sees doesn't see a problem necessarily with that but zavala sees that as a slippery slope because if he publicly supports a single guardian exacting revenge without the vanguard's approval you know that what what's next what's the next what's what because it sets a precedent right it now says is... that we are our own you know we are our own for and and they're already struggling you know as we kind of mentioned before we're already seeing a struggle because there isn't a consensus that you know nope. dead orbits going out there and allying themselves with the reef and the emissary card you know he, and with I mean, the spider Right. Mm. I mean, but right. But I mean, but that's what I mean is like the factions are already distributing or uh, dispersing into thing into things other than the city. You don't have a speaker that is holding down the, lin- the the central, you know, linchpin position, whether or not you agree with their positions. I think you can both agree that, you know, the speaker was paramount in keeping everyone focused on the city, not on their own 
you know, let's go chase after the legendary, you know, legendary vault of glass. And, and if you see within, you see that within the, uh, the Savin card from the Awoken of the Reef where, uh, Savin, who is the, the guardian who was once an Awoken gets brought to Mara. And she notes that he's like obsessed with a almost narcissistic level evolution of his own power. So the speaker curbed that and, you know, and that's kind of, for better or worse, that's kind of fallen on Zavala because no one else is doing it. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, and Hurt Chain is talking about that as well. You know, the city has already seen one Vanguard fail completely and fall. The second one is showing cracks and Zavala kind of is like, he, he's kind of, again, going back to the whole, the buck stops with him. You know, there's arguably from his point of view, He's the one that's holding everything together. Now, you can, and I will respond to my own point there, you can disagree with that because that is also completely almost borderline egotistical on Zavala's part because that's, right. part, that's, 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 and that, and that is a fair criticism, a completely fair criticism. Um, but that also would go far, go to explain, you know, some of the actions that he has taken as well. I don't know. I just, I understand their positions. As I think the thing that makes me most angry about Zavala is the fact that he won't sanction what we did. And I get it, but it's, Zavala is the conservative in the situation and Ikora is definitely not. And it bugs the <laughs> out of me. I am just, I'm so tired of, the um i'm tired of politics in real life just real let me just t- tie that into i'm tired of politics in real life so politics and game bug the out of me because i want to get away from it no and that's so, and that's i mean that's a fair thing and, and and i think that's also at the heart of the debate too is you know the politics can't be ignored here because right. that is that is a driving force because Zavala is very aware of politics and I think Ikora is more right kind of along the lines of what you just said she's like it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. you know and she I think that was if I if, and this is going off memory so I could be wrong but I think that's along the lines of what she said in the trailer too is like mm-hmm. you know this is this is Cade like this is not right. This some, is our this friend. This is not some random soldier. This is your like. This is our our best friend. He was a brother to us, and I think that's where I kind of doubled down on the fact that it's not that Zavala is not grieving. It's that he is seeing. Yes, it is, but what's more important is the survival of the city. And, you know, from his standpoint, too, if one of their most powerful vanguards got taken out, that's a threat. That's a very dangerous threat. So we don't want to go running willy-nilly into the face of that threat. So to move past this argument, because we're going to continue it for days, (laughs) I think. Um, We talked about a little bit with the ask... FFC question of the week on who's the next Hunter Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Now, we were joking about it a little bit at the beginning, but do we honestly think Marcus Wren is technically the next Vanguard based off of the Ace of Spades quest dialogue? No. Uh-uh. 
please explain to the folks at home. Okay. Why okay. This sorry. Is okay. Sorry. No. Because, um, no. No. I'm not trying to be cheeky. It's just I've had so many people tell me that that's who they think it's you, going to be because of that I mean, one line. Okay. Okay. I uh, let me let me clarify. I'm not saying that Marcus Wren couldn't be the vanguard, um, but it won't be because of the throwaway line that Cade made in the the quest because. <laughs> chat. Everyone's bad in chat. chat I'm mad is going off on this one. Um the 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 line from Cade in the in the the uh what was it the Ace and I can't even remember Ace what the, the quest hole. Ace in the hole. Uh it's the one where you have to run around and you have to open all the chests and it's like each one has a different line. Which Congratulations, is Congratulations, you killed which is, me. Yeah, which this is, is by the way absolutely hilarious that Cade has all these things already written like he's I like love... the one for tanix is absolutely hilarious oh no the one for the deep stone crypt whoever made the deep stone oh crypt my, is my gosh favorite. yes it cracks I, me up i i'll be seeing you soon like it's like uh-huh. oh my god the long whisper line oh it's bugging me so much but um and, Zaval- and the one for ikora is just oh god you want to talk about a heart-wrenching one um mm-hmm. <laughs> Zivalis. but um no so there's a line in there that says you know he's basically saying oh there's an if another hunter killed me you know haha jokes on you because you lost the dare you get to inherit everything on me <laughs> including you're now the vanguard mentor haha you have to you know sucks to be you uh, and he and he makes a comment that he says of all of them marcus is the one i expect the most <laughs> So it's not I'm him saying say it means- it's not well, him saying that it is Marcus. He's saying that he wouldn't be surprised that Marcus was the one that killed him. Like that's that's yeah, all he's saying. Right. I mean that's that's the only thing that he's saying. He's not saying that Marcus is the next mentor. He's just saying Do I like, Go do I need it. to bring up the lore entry for Stompy? <laughs> Stompy's do I need to bring up the fact that so- he is he is he is on target. Like Marcus is on target as being the guardian that will kill other guardians. Other guardians, and it'll be something because he decided to do it for fun or testing. He's, like, yeah, it follows say, within it's... the freaking lore here, guys. Like, come on. And it's more of it's more of a mercy kill from the sound yeah. of it than anything else. Well, it's like even within Frosties, he tells. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think oh, it's whatever, it's, um, whatever the one now. I can't remember his name. He, he but he, asked he him basically to shoot says, him. like, yeah, like, hey, if I start to like start to fizzle or disintegrate or anything, can you just can you just shoot me, please, mm-hmm. for God's sake, just to just to get that out of the way? I'm like, all right, this is uh, this just got weird. Like, well, he, that's what even the know. other hunter was. The other one's like, uh, what? Like, and he's what? like, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to go ask someone else. And they're like, all yeah. right, well, that's fine. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, what kind of parts now? Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. yeah and Dino's, I mean, Dino's saying is the line is literally maybe Marcus Wren. Like, it's a question. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's. Yeah, it wasn't confirmation of anything. It was Cade basically <laughs> making one last gamble. On who actually killed him. I'm going to say, per that logic, some of the people that had said, like, Aldrin should have been the uh, the Hunter Vanguard, they were actually kind of (laughs) right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the the disqualifier there is, you know, obviously that 
obviously not a guardian. Uh, he's not a guardian, which which is why the Tanix the Tanix line or the Tanix quote is so great. He's like, uh, "Look, I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> I hate you, basically." Yeah, really. Oh, I didn't. Man. I didn't honestly listen to that one. Oh yet, god, but, uh, it's so funny. Like it's. it's I'm basically. I'm currently snarky. grinding said quest out. Like right now. So nice. That yeah. Count? Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's it's a good one. It was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I mean, and and the great again going back to the whole thing. The great thing is that he had one for everyone major in his life. <laughs> like he has <laughs> one. He has one for Zavala. He has one for Ikora. I think he has one for Eris. Like mm. it, or yeah, he does have it because he finally he's like, look, no, I'm really sorry about your ship, like, <laughs> but oh, and he also gives her permission to put rocks on the his maps because he doesn't need them yeah. anymore. Yeah, except we found out what that rock was anyway. Oh man, so yes, to to short short and sweet, no. If that is not to say that Marcus won't necessarily be the next mentor. God, right. I hope not, because that means experiments, but um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it won't be because of that particular situation. Yeah, that line means from a from an outsider looking in that hasn't heard said line yet. Uh, that line means diddly squat, guys. Sorry to tell you. Oh yeah, Dino. Dino's giving me the quote for the Eris one. It's, I'm sorry for your ship. However, if you did kill me, then I am not sorry for your ship, and I was totally justified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, um, I yeah, Green. Did you have uh was there a follow up to that particular question because no, we kind of just... we kind of jumped down your throat on the answer there. No, it's okay. I that's that's really what I wanted to just get out there is the fact that we don't really necessarily know who the Vanguard mentor is going to be yeah. even though we do have some lines that tease at the possibility of who it's going to be. Yeah. It's not it's not actual verification of this is happening at all. Well, and yeah, and the other thing, I mean, and it's a legit debate if there is even going to be another Vanguard, right? I mean, yep. it it really is a legit debate there. Yep. Because right. with it's with good reason for sure. Like are they going to honor the uh, the position considering how he died compared to how others have died previously or are well, they, and you know, to be the position right, and to be fair, there we don't know how the others. We know how Cade got it. We <laughs> don't know how Tallulah. Well, Tallulah was the first. Um, yeah. Oh God, but there was we one. There was know one. How Tallulah gave it up. Yeah, and then, but we don't. Do we? Do we know how Tallulah gave it up? Yeah, yeah, we do. It was a chomp chomp by an Ahamkara. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, and then so then the one that got it from her. Uh, we don't know. Do we know how Andal got it? Uh, there, that there was we do not. I think because there was still there was a the there air. was an individual between Tallulah and um, Andal. Yeah, I'm not sure if Caliban ended up getting it or not. That's Caliban, the question that's right. I had yeah. earlier. If uh, um, he had actually received it or if they just left that go, I don't. I don't know to be honest. Okay, so here's a funny funny backup question: Who would be the most ridiculous person? to be next hunter vanguard marcus yeah i'm gonna say marcus just fits the bill immediately he would uh 
he just it would just win. And I think I think he would be the one that would probably fit with uh, with Cade's witticisms very well, just from like the little bits we know of from the card so far, uh, versus somebody like Shiro who is a little bit more intense. Uh, Shiro is I would almost say like a mix of uh, Cade and Zavala, if that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more like the knowledge of Cade, not necessarily the temperament of Cade. Uh, that would I, that's what I think would be a little different with him. You know who I think would be the most ridiculous? Hunter mm. Vanguard? Benedict? No. Stop. No. <laughs> Full stop. Just, like, just logically, no. though, how would that even oh, work? Oh, I know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It would I, just I'm be... Like, I'm, I, just, I love how Beard's like, just, just stop talking. But I'm sitting it's here, just I'm me like... me throwing an audible. But this why? is what this me is throwing YouTube an audible. comments. That's just what knock it, it off. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't YouTube comments. Uh, it's just me being cheeky. Somebody oh, said it in Dino, chat. I Dino thought it, got it. I had Dino, to. Dino is right, yeah. Andal got roped into it because uh, the, the one... Kaiko Kaiko is who I think came after Tulula and he went they went missing for 2 years. <laughs> they just like disappeared yeah. and they're like uh um and then the uh yeah Dino saying the entry that talks about his winner takes all it was where they made the 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 initial vanguard dare was whoever killed Tanix first or whoever yeah. No cuz Tanix didn't I'm so confused. I need to go back and read these because I'm I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But I think basically it was a competition about Tanix, basically. And mm-hmm, Andal yeah. Andal lost. And that's how Andal became the Vanguard. And then basically in honor of that, when Andal was killed by Tanix, that's how Cade got put in the position. Yep. Right. I was gonna say we actually had a dispatch this week. Um, give me one second, and I will pull it up. Dispatches received from the wilds. All right, so this one comes from uh, uh, JAH056004. I'm not even going to pronounce. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. I'm just going to spell it out. And he says, "Dear FFC, hi. My Halloween costume slash cosplay is going to be my Sentinel Titan for D2." For my dog, I want him. I want to have him be one of the barons from Forsaken. Which would you recommend? Thanks so much for the podcast and your good work to this community. And he sent us a picture of his dog, who's absolutely adorable. But nice. So, so which which one of the barons of the Forsaken should should he dress his dog up as? Hmm. What? Okay. What kind of dog does he have again? Uh, it looks like a. I'm, I'm gonna just guess, so don't don't take offense. It looks like a mutt. Uh, it looks okay. like a smaller, like, a smaller mutt, like a smaller. Okay, so not the machinist. No, not big enough to be the machinist. Um, the trickster would be kind of cool. That's what I, yeah, I'm kind of thinking trickster, or yeah, but trickster would be a little easy. Why not Mad Bomber? Well, because Mad Bomber has the the robotic legs, right? I mean, that'd be kind of fun. I guess that's true, though. And it you would wouldn't explain, really be it able would, to do would, fanatic without the staff. Right. And Mad Bomber would explain why the dog wants to do its own thing. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chat, chat's, chat's not helping. They're still arguing about the Vanguard situation. <laughs> well, like, okay. no, it's it can't fine. Be them. It's a good debate to have. It's a good debate to have. Yeah, I think I would I would dress him up as either the trickster, which would be a pretty easy costume, or yeah, yeah. I can see the Mad Bomber too. The Mad Bomber. I, I think like the three that came to mind immediately were, and I Trigger just said it in chat is Rifleman, Rifleman. Trickster or Mad Bomber. And that's just because, you know, again, Machinist is definitely out unless you're going to put like a 50-pound bubble on the dog. No, just just styrofoam. The problem is is she'll knock it off or he'll knock it off. Yeah. Or chew it up. I want to see this picture though. I, I want to see I sent it to you. No, I want to see the updated photo with oh, the dog like, in the costume. Oh, the dog. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I want to see the dog in the costume. So the rider. Oh my gosh. The rider. Put put the <laughs> they, you could do that. I've seen you like totally you see the that. banana ones. Yeah. There's definitely ways he could do that. That would be fun. But so yes. I I think the vote really is kind of it sounds like the mad bomber. I think it would be a slight challenge, but it would also be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so with that being said, do we want to jump to any final thoughts or shout outs and be here for another 45 minutes? <laughs> I, yeah, okay. So it's kind of us. Here's my thought and shout out. I'm going to go first and steal, steal a little thunder. We are trying very hard to be tactful about and conscientious conscientious about the time the amount of time we're spending talking about things it is difficult blue had to install a bot on discord to help (laughs) keep us on time to be fair it doesn't take much to make me install a bot on discord but let's let's all be i'll be completely transparent there like i'll be completely transparent and admit my admittance is the first step right but uh, I want to thank, and I don't remember the gentleman's name who sent it in. He sent in a a little critique of saying that we had gotten a little too long. And we reflected on the the email that he sent in. He was an older gamer. I think he said it was like another 51-year-old gamer who said that he couldn't, he wasn't able to digest this podcast in a certain amount of time because we went on for two and a half hours last week, which the topic was very broad. And so that's one of the things we're going to try to focus on is try to focus into a more narrow topic as well as kind of keep on top of the time as we're talking, which it's going to be a, a nice um, balancing act between us having our normal banter and getting the information out to you that we need to. So I really appreciate, and I'm really, I'm really kicking myself for not having that email pulled up that blue sent. Um, that about from this guy. I want to thank you for sending in this criticism because it's going to help us grow as a podcast and help keep us on top of our toes and try to make a better show for you guys. That being said, if you could do us a favor and go to iTunes and leave us a review, I know Blue talks about it at the beginning of every show. If you could do that, and I'm and I'm telling you, pull out your phone right now. And if you don't have iTunes, that's fine. Go talk about us somewhere else. Go tell your friends. Go tell your coworkers. 
anything you can do to kind of spread the word about Focus Fire Chat, whether it's through iTunes, which helps us be bumped in the polls, or talking to your friends about it will help spread the community and spread the knowledge a little bit faster and better. So that's my goal for you guys. Go out there and do it right now. Don't wait. You'll forget. Don't go to the bathroom. You'll forget. Get off the toilet right now. Go and do maybe, that right maybe now. Maybe not right now. Maybe I mean take care of things first. I mean then get up. Like I mean we gotta, there's no, there's there's some levels here, Green. We gotta we gotta talk. I just okay. I don't know about you sometimes. I mean, I'm not trying to be invasive. Uh, I just really want Well and the other of- and the other thing too to kinda uh to kind of balance out the what Green is saying here is um let us know let let us right. know what yeah. you if you if you dis you know if you disagree with the the request for, and it's from uh uh f x s t i uh and i don't know if that's a way to pronounce that he he says he's a k a the fifty one year old gamer um if you if you have a different opinion of that please let us know because i mean to be to be blunt um we can only we can only gauge what we need to change based off what we hear. Right. Um, and, feedback and so, is always welcome. and so feedback is, you know, when, if, if that's through iTunes, we have a contact form on the website, you know, we're in the discord. We definitely communicate, you know, obviously we communicate very frequently with every, for everyone on the podcast team, we communicate throughout the week. So if you message one of us, we're going to, we are going to hear it. But that being said, you know, again, if you we we have to have those messages to to evaluate what we need to change and we are more than willing and more than happy to change stuff that makes sense that makes everything you know a better thing um that that's our goal that's a that's our goal is we want it to be enjoyable for everyone as well as educational i mean that's that's definitely the goal here so don't don't feel like anything is too critical because it's not right and it's definitely something like we're going to have fun doing this and if the, some, I mean, we're going to try to have fun and give you the best show that we can. That's what our goal is and what you guys can take and enjoy and do and use and spread the knowledge and spread the love. I, I think one of my favorite things is the fact that when I jump into fire teams, people immediately start asking me questions about lore. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I just want to shoot things, but come in. Yeah. 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 Come yeah. and chat. Come and chat in Discord. Not so much while I'm trying to shoot things because I'm got a really bad KD currently because I'm trying to shoot things and talk about lore and I'm more focused on the lore at the moment. So, right. And I think the other thing too is like if you do enjoy the rambling that we are we're talking about here, if you do enjoy that, that we're doing right now, um, right, uh, definitely come and join the live stream or watch the archives of yes. the live stream because there's a lot of rambling that goes on after or before the show that doesn't get into the, the actual audio feed. And that's right. also on Twitch. Um, again, kind of pushing there as well as, um, Oh God, I just blanked on it. Uh, which if you're you not too? subscribed to us on Twitch, you know, that's another way you can kind of get to the, if you, mm-hmm. if you guys enjoy the Ramlet, cause I see chats, you know, kind of obviously the people who show up for the live stream, kind of have the expectation that the li- the the uh, live stream is a lot more chaotic than the the end result which makes sense uh, it is but and so you know you you come into it with that expectation 
but if that if that's something you enjoy, definitely, definitely come join the live stream um, because we do it every Friday. And I know that some people, you know, you might not be able to make it. That's fine. Twitch, uh, Twitch makes it where it archives for I think it's like five or six days. If you want to kind of hear the ramblings that go on behind the scenes a little bit, it's always over there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that, that was a that's a actually a really good good shout out there, Green. Uh, beard do you have anything i know you have uh, i know you have some videos coming out well it's honestly just to kind of mimic what you guys are saying as well because i'm i'm in a position where i have uh i have kind of stifled my voice and i hate that i've had to stifle my voice because creatively i've felt like i've needed to not say some things uh and that's actually kind of hurt my channel and has overall hurt like what it is that i've done uh, this is why I am trying to do things differently uh, to attempt to just say, hey, this is me trying to reach out. But if I don't have the feedback that you guys uh, supply, I'm not going to know if it's going to work. Right. Uh, and if I'm not told that stuff, either good or negative is what we uh, either positive or negative or 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 critiquing, however you really want to say it. I just say positive or negative because it's either uh, it, it's in a lot of ways just one or the other. I just don't know how things are going to work. And that's why I ask questions a lot of the times of like, what do you guys think of this content? If I don't know, I'm not going to be able to grow. Uh, but in the same, I'm to the point as a creator where I am done trying to appease everybody. Yes. And there is going to be a point where I'm still going to have to look at some comments and be like, I've got 30 other comments that are telling me they enjoy it. I got one guy that's telling me he doesn't. I have to go ahead and start thinking about that as well. Mm -hmm. So I may be able to tie back on something, but I need to also think about the large criticism as a whole. So that's why feedback is so important, because creatively we do still grow from that feedback, period. Right. There is no other way that I can really put that. Uh, so I understand exactly where these guys are coming from uh, and why it has as, uh, is as important as it is. Because uh, when I come on this show, I kind of, as much as I have been here for a while now, I still kind of feel like I am somebody that is here that uh, that is trying to back up what these guys are talking about, uh, just as much as the information I can kind of like input for for everybody else. But I'm still kind of like my own entity, quote unquote, that's trying to to fill in the gaps, but cohesively i think we've i think we've grown which is uh, oh yeah definitely. just saying a lot mm -hmm. considering that we uh we we started off a little flaky and i was just like i don't know what's going on guys i've i've i don't know about interacting with people this is hard <laughs> yeah. well and you know you mentioned that at the beginning too about the destiny community and that's that's one of its strengths is we are all very innately collaborative Yep. Like a lot of the creators, you don't see that in a lot of other communities. And I, you know, I mean, I think that's, I, I think that's kind of going to be, you know, part of, part of my shout out too here is, you know, in so much as the feedback that we get, it's, it is extremely helpful. And as a general rule, it's always been constructive. Like yep. it's not, it's not normal to get um, like flaming comments at all. No, you know, it's it, it, I mean, like, I'm not I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because that would be a 
a bold-faced lie. <laughs> but um, but it's like, you know, the, the, the large majority of comments that I see, not just with our channel and not just with Beard's channel, but like with everything is is usually a matter of like hey you know why don't you think about doing it this way and it's always and even other contents you know other content creators um there's not a lot of like attempted sabotage or anything like that like nefarious that you see sometimes other places so i really i mean i geez i i appreciate everyone in the community for you know the patience uh you know we're all we're all trying to figure out how to do the best thing here, you know, and I think everyone realizes that. And for the most part, everyone's happy to chip in, you know, their voice. And, yep. and, you know, from our standpoint, we, I'll, I'll be honest, we appreciate the hell out of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps, it helps. And that's really, it can't be said more than I, I mean, I can't say that enough. So yep. um, yeah, it with helps from both sides of it all. I would oh say yeah, that definitely. Now. It helps from all like, because anything that I might get over here for feedback too, I take over to my channel and vice versa. Like if I hear something from my channel, I attempt to, to also bring it back over here if need be to just say, Hey, this was said, dude, what do you guys think of that? Uh, right. Seldom does that happen now and again, but it like, Blue said it's kind of a collaborative effort and it definitely shows with the way that everything's put together. So yeah, it's I I, I know I'm kind of dragging this out a little bit longer, no, but it's it's just a matter that that is so important for us uh to grow it creatively, artistically, and kind of as 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 people in general. Because I say all the time on my channel, if I go like four or five days without content, I start to actually feel like legitimately sick, like physically sick because I haven't made any content whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being able to reach out and talk to people and understand that like my voice matters to a point uh, does a lot for me. But being able to cater that voice to you guys as well is just as important to me as a creator. So thank you for all the feedback you guys do leave when you get a chance to. It does make a difference. All right, so with all that being said... We'll run through an outro, and then, hey, guess what? We're going to stay for a little bit of an after show. Hey, that never happens. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>